The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Moultrie Mobile. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made-in-America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Come on, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days? How many days a week can you spend on As much as I can, to be honest with you. Any time that I get, I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else. I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not. So you might as well be here. Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a Garmin and dog trade dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Josh Michaelis on The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network, and today... We are lucky enough to be joined by my good friend and PKC world champion, Mr. Joe Manning. Joe, how you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful. You can say that again if you'd like. <laughs> kind of has a nice ring to it. <laughs> uh, so I tell you what, I've been calling you champ when we talk on the phone now. That's right. You ain't stopping me either. No, no. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Joe, I want to congratulate you first on all your guys' success. You and Cole, your friends of mine, I've always been rooting for you. And, you know, you've, you've guys got some special dogs right now. You're on a hot streak, not just from the world hunt, but since the world hunt and even before that. So congratulations with that. But we're going to 
start off, I want to start off with you like I do all my guests. Uh, most people don't know how guys like me and you and, and some of these others got their start in this world, in this coon hunting world, I should say. So why don't you give it to me? Sure. Well, my dad was always a very avid hunter. Um, growing up, we had cow dogs, coon dogs, squirrel dogs, hog dogs. Um, so uh, I guess probably about the time that I was uh, five, six, seven years old, started taking me coon hunting and uh man it it just really grew into an obsession especially later in life uh, we had uh we had english dogs when i was a kid growing up and uh, of course single registered them they were just great dogs but um we uh we kind of swapped over to these walkers around the mid 80s and uh, had some dogs out of tennessee lead and um, uh, got things going we hunted on mules a lot as I got up uh, in age, I guess probably around ten. Whenever we started getting those mules, and was that a big deal? Because oh for folks that don't gosh. know, it was in, you were in East Texas. That's right. And was that a big deal amongst you it know a lot of the houndsmen? Yeah. It was, you know. So um, all of our big hunting buddies, uh, you know, they had four or five mules, and we did, and we all kind of shared one another's places. We'd go uh, uh, to the Madisonville area lot because I grew up just twenty miles from there, and um, uh, hunted with some. Uh, Mike McCowan, you know, of course, mm -hmm. Bo Kelly, uh, yeah. um, uh, those guys. And, man, at any point in time, in the, man, that early 80s to mid-80s, and we had four or five young dogs that were year old that were as good a coon dogs as you wanted to turn loose. Um, it's just because we put so many miles on them. You yeah. know, traveling on a mule, you can absolutely put the time in on a hound. I know it was a big deal at home for a while too. It was about that same time, you know, early eighties to late eighties. Yes. And some of them guys carried that on up until I started hunting. Uh Kelly Coyne, a good friend of mine, he always hunted off mules up until just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And you could tell and they were just they just hunted during coon season. You know, they didn't hunt much in the summer or the spring or anything like that. But you could tell when they had been hunting them dogs off mules and how hard and how fast and lean and trim and them I mean them dogs went through a lot no of doubt. miles. No doubt. They really, really did. You know, um and I get this question a lot. You know, people ask me if, if I really think that the dogs are better now than they were then and man, my answer is yes. Yeah. I mean we've we've got they were a different style of dog. You know, we had more trailing type dogs back then but um but still treat a lot of coons. Um, um, I mentioned Bo Kelly there a while ago. He was a roofer by trade. During the wintertime, he quit roofing. All he did was hide hunt. Yeah. And there were nights that, man, some of those big river bottoms over there, we killed 20, 25, 27 coons. Yeah. I, I mean, know that's one of my favorite areas in this oh whole world. Yes. I don't know how you guys do it in the summer. <laughs> the, the snakes, man, I'll tell you, it's tough for me. <laughs> But so you're young, you're hunting off mules. You guys got a lot of dogs. You you talked about style of dogs. Uh, what differences are you seeing in them dogs that you're trained? You know, you're trained 20, 25 coons back then. Yes. And so these are good coon dogs. Absolutely. But you, you mentioned that they were a different style of dogs. What differences are you seeing? You know, um, back then we allowed a dog to work up a bad feeding track. We allowed them to take a little bit more time on some of those and. Um, and hunting multiple dogs at one time, it was okay for us to do that. We'd leave those on while something else was treed. But nowadays, the style of dog that we're looking for to win in these hunts, we, we don't allow that. Um, we have one push around and beat around on the track a little bit. We go in there and we push them out and uh, try to get them to tree our type of coon. Right. And you mentioned that, you know, you'd leave a dog over here trailing and you, you'd go to some dog street or something like that. And independence is a big deal now. You know, and it has, it has been for, I'd say, a decade plus, you know. Yes. It started getting big, and it's just gotten bigger. Uh, back then, I know we didn't have super independent dogs, and a lot of people didn't. You know, they wanted them together. Were your dogs, because it wasn't very often when I was hunting in the in the mid-'80s, late-'80s when I was young, that we had dogs that were over here split tree. Split tree was a big deal. It was. Had to get in a calling contest back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yes, our dogs were pretty independent even then. Right. Um, uh, it was just the style of dog that my dad wanted to hunt. Um, and I'll tell you what really got us swapped over off, off our English dogs into the walkers. They were so hard going. Mm -hmm. Those English dogs put us out of pocket a lot of time. And um, Bo Kelly, this friend of my dad, finally told me, he said, look, 
you're going to keep coming over here and hunting. You got to get something that hunts with us instead of us having to hunt with it. And um, so that's really what got us going into the Walker breed and more shaped to what Bo, the type of dogs he was hunting to. It did, because uh, you know, when I think of that, you, these dogs did they start earlier right now? Uh, yes. I mean, we've got eight, nine month old pups that are ready to be in the woods with dogs in a cast in a lot of situations. That's not unheard yes. of. You nope. know, one year old dogs, they're hunting like finished dogs, you know, and they it, it's not uncommon. You know, there's still late starters and there's still late bloomers sure. and things like that. But back then, we wouldn't even start a dog until it was a year old. That's right. We didn't even throw it in a truck until right. it was a year old. You know, I mean, the, the way we train them now is just completely different. And you know they a lot of guys will even start a pup solely by itself without an old dog or things yes. like that yes did you guys do i mean and back then communion and fellowship and and spending time with other hunters was a big deal too and, and a lot of the guys are hunting by themselves right now too sure. i mean times are changing like crazy but was it an event when you guys went hunting i mean was it more of a of a pleasure to do it then versus now it was um you know we <clears throat> that was one of the things that Every time before we went, we always made sure we have a couple of thermoses of coffee, you know, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and we, we'd take a break kind of mid-hunt and go back to the truck, need a cookie or something, you know, and kind of hang out um, and, and do that. But nowadays, and I catch myself doing the same thing a lot. I do. I hunt by myself a lot. And, uh, of course, Cole and I together. but And we may hunt four or five, six dogs together, but they're all separate. Yeah. And uh, and we just don't have that problem of them getting together, but it does take a lot of the the, the fellowship and the fun out yeah. of it for sure. But we're uh, to let folks know where we're at. We're at a coon hunt right now in Mississippi. That's going to pay a hundred thousand dollars for first place. Wow! And so when you think of how I know how you hunt and I know how I hunt, and everything's geared to win something like this, and so it's we kind of look at it like a job. Because it pays money. It is a job. You know, and we, we really, we put our nose to the grindstone and try to get, I, I, I catch myself with 10-year-old ignorant duds, you know, still working on him. <laughs> one the one time a year I turn him loose, still working on oh, something, no. you know, out of just habit. Quit working on that old dog. <laughs> just let him treat coons and have fun. <laughs> well, if he would treat more coons, it would be fun for all of us. But, you know, it's just, we've, we've changed the way we look at it, or I have, you know, and I oh, assume you're too. the same one. I am, you know, without a doubt. Um, and, and it is a job. When you talk about trying to hunt four or five dogs a week, I'm going to be honest, to be successful, they need 40 hours just like you'd put in at work. Yep. That's what they need. Um, and and it is, uh, it's extremely tough because when everyone else is getting off and going home, you're clocking in. Yep. And when... When did you guys switch to, to competition hunts? When did you first start competition hunting? Probably the late 70s, 78, 79. Um, uh, we were doing a lot of UKC hunts mm -hmm. in. That was primarily all we had. And then um, uh, then did a few PCA hunts uh, in the early 80s. And um, long about the time I graduated and went to college, I kind of quit competition hunting very much then. Um, had some other things uh, that I was doing. You know, I was roping a little bit, riding some bareback horses, and just kind of got away. I always kept a coon dog, but didn't um, didn't competition on yeah. as much back then. What do you remember your first cast? Um, I do. Um, as a matter of fact, it was with um, uh, John McDonald out of Albert, Texas, one of the most famous black and tan men ever. Um, Guy Manning hunting the old Rachel female. Yeah. And Herman husband hunting a uh, a female named Lou. How'd it go? They wore me out. <laughs> taught me a lot, though. I promise you, taught me a lot. Well, I want to talk about that because uh, when how long was it before you seen some success? I mean, well, I'm gonna tell you, it was quite a while. Um, <clears throat> and I hunted a a different dog then. Uh, uh, the dog that I first started having a little bit of success with was an English dog, a one-eyed English dog that came from Ray Desmukes. Um, and uh, and I, I did really, really well with him. And he got up, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And my dad wanted me to start hunting something of ours. Mm -hmm. And I think I went about 10 casts in a row and never won anything. And she's probably one of the best dogs in the country. Yep. 
my dad, every time he'd come in, he'd ask, and he'd just look at me and shake his head. I told him I didn't do any good. Um, but, you know, whenever that streak broke, it man, it got really good. You yeah. know, we got on a big roll together. You talked about Guy and them boys in your first cast wearing you out. Man, I got I got all kinds of $30 and $50 lessons, lessons. And, and, and $10 at a UKC hunt. And, yes. You know, I'm coming up with uh, the Jackie Coomers and the Kurt Irons and the guys that were above me, and I was forever getting any cast wins and stringing mm-hmm. them up in a row. I may have been, you know, I may, have, we, we UKC hunted then too, you know? Yes. And people don't understand. They look at the success a guy like you has right now, and they, they don't understand the lumps that you took <laughs> to get to that point. And when they're not having success, you know, they think it's something other than just, you know, you keeping your nose at the grindstone and working hard to get to the point you're at. I finally learned how. Yeah. Yeah, it takes it takes some learning, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. It really, really does. <laughs> not many people, and I tell this to the youth, not many people are coming out out the gate winning. No, no. And these kids, man, today, they got it made. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All this modern technology and everything. Mm-hmm. I had a compass, and I, I will never forget um, when I got my first Timothy Ball coon squaller and my first sunburst light, man, yeah. I thought that I was the stuff. Yeah, and you put them on at 4 o'clock, you know, yes, getting ready right. hunt, had your boots, boots on, on and everything. everything. Yeah, you bet. Get rolled out of bed with them. <laughs> got to right. hunt tonight. That's right. <laughs> so you started with the – you started hunting in the competition hunts. You say you had some success. When did you guys switch over to, to doing a lot of PKC hunting? When did um, it come into the country? Probably my dad did quite a bit in um, – Oh, in the, mm, around 82, 83 to 87, probably. Um, and then he bought a squirrel dog registry and uh, started doing a little more squirrel hunting than, than coon hunting. And, um, but I probably took a break until, I don't know, the early 2000s. Um, yeah. I just did some other things, and, and uh, uh, but probably... Probably the early 2000s, I got on the roll and started hunting again. When did you start uh, competing at major events and things like that? Probably about oh, 12 or 13 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say it wasn't. I was about the same. You know, mm-hmm. I come in, we hunted. I always hunted. You know, I've right. been hunting since I was five years old. But it was, you know, probably 10 years ago, uh, the year before I got Duds, who seems like he's a hundred now, you know, right. but I guess looks know. it. Yeah, he does. He's, you know, as well as I do, he's looked it since he was five. That's right. But uh, what changes have you seen just in this part of the sport as far as the dogs? And I'm talking just purely PKC. You know, that's you. You hunt some UKC too, I and do. I do too. I do. You know, as much as I can. But mm-hmm. we're going to keep it. We're at the Jarvis Humphreys Memorial Hunt, so we're going to keep it on the PKC side. Sure. What changes have you seen just over the last decade, decade plus? Well, you know, the way that these rules are structured now, and not just the rules, but the time limits on things, um, uh, it really dictates what type of dog we're going to hunt mm-hmm. if we want to be successful. Um, all of us are wanting that deep and lonely type of dog now, live by the sword, die by the sword. You know, um, these dogs that get open quick and um, they move around good and keep things open in tree coons, man, they're hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. They are hard to beat, and we talked about independence earlier. Is that something that you guys, and I, I mean, I've drawn you, I've hunted with you and against you and all this stuff. I know what kind of dog you're packing, but to talk to the other people about it, I mean, are your dogs always alone? Or are they going to, me and Jason already talked, you know, on the podcast that aired just this morning about, I don't care if a dog covers out of the truck, but after that, let's let's get spread out and, and let's tree coons by ourselves and stuff. Well, I really think that coon right out of the truck is important mm-hmm. um you know uh you need to have the front end part of that i don't mind mine doing that um something hot but after that they've got to go they, yeah. they've got to be over by themselves you know i just and there again too when you put four intense type dogs on one tree together there's going to be some issues but yeah. it, it and it's not that a dog is necessarily mean people are the same way you you put four of us in a little small room together Sooner or later, one of us is going to get grouchy. Yeah, and we're all hungry and drop a donut in the middle of it. That's right. See what happens. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so you've hunted all these years, and you've seen these dogs evolve into what they are today. What are you looking for? Like right now, say Joe Manning and Cole McVeigh, they're going to go, they're going to travel somewhere, and they're going to look at this guy that's got this 10, 11-month-old pup. 
and you're wanting to buy it and you're wanting to compete with it, what are you looking for? The number one thing is probably heart. A dog has absolutely got to have it to have any consistency at all because we're going to test that. Um, it's going to be a lot of long nights and uh, uh, some not so pleasurable time, but uh, trainability. Um, like a dog that can be able to take correction and not carry his feelings on his shoulder and move ahead. Um, and, of course, we all like that natural independence because it makes it easier for us. Mm -hmm. It does make it easier. And I like, I assume you're the same way. I don't want, and I talked to, I can't remember who I was talking to. It was last night, I believe, I was hunting with Mr. Aaron Crow. And uh, I told him that dead loners, not born, dead loners are just weird. You know, they're strange dogs. They're, they're different dogs, and I've had a few of them, and they're kind of hard to keep right long-term because it's impossible for a dog that's barking its full head off to stay alone all the time. That's right. You know, something's going to come. You're going to draw dogs. Something's going to come to it. Yes. And them dogs, when they don't want to be around dogs naturally, and we've been breeding them that way for a long sure. time, uh, it seems like I have a hard time keeping a dog like that winning consistently as far as long-term. And so I always, well, you mentioned trainability earlier, and I like a dog that has natural independent tendencies. You know, they, they're focused on tree and coons no matter what's going on around them, but they're, they're not weirded out by dogs being around them or anything like that. And I think that's sure. kind of the way we want to learn or want to go towards. And I assume, you know, you're hunting dogs that are probably about like that. They are. They are. Um, a lot of times I'll, I'll think that we'll create that weirdness in them wanting them to beat alone so much yeah. um you know uh, it just uh, uh that that intense pounding on the, a lot of times i think will bring that out in them what what do you what tips would you give to somebody who's got a young dog that they think that they may be able to compete with and you know long term they want to keep the dog you know and i try to tell and i'm just as guilty of it as anybody man i burn through dogs like crazy you know, I mm -hmm. burn through them just, just, I burn them out as fast as I, I'll get a year out of them and I'll be looking for another one. And I always try to tell them guys, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's right. And we talked about Kurt just a little bit ago and I will give Kurt one thing. He's really good about keeping dogs winning for a long time. He is. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's because he's not as hard on a dog as I am or Jed is or some of these other guys that are, that are hunting. And I think that, you know, his dogs are are less focused on what he's worried about and more focused on what they should be doing or what they want to do, you know? So I'll tell you one thing that I've learned in the last few years. I, um, I've learned that there is not a need to hunt one eight hours a night, 30 nights in a row. I want to keep that dog happy. I want to keep him feeling good about his job. And, uh, one thing that I really, would discourage someone that was wanting to get in and had a young pup is don't burn them up in these hunts that will spoil one it will bring out some tendencies in one that you'll never be able to correct um hence is one reason that that having a couple of dogs really makes a big difference yeah i agree that that's a very good advice and you especially you see these guys that are picking up older dogs six seven eight year old dogs and then they go to hunting them 30 nights well that dog knows what he's doing sure that's right that dog needs to be having fun or he ain't going to work exactly anyway, that's just the way it is but you talked about having multiple dogs one thing i do want to get into and we had touched on this earlier is you know how pkc's changed and stuff like that and we went through some rule changes here recently uh there's no leash lock <laughs> Oh man! And as a guy that judges a lot, and I, I, I was for the no leash lock rule because I spent too much. I got a quarter strike dog, and you know what kind of dogs that Jed hunts and that That's I right. hunt for Jed. Yes. And I want to make sure that dog gets turned loose again. Exactly. I don't want to. Got to have it. I don't want to spend forty-five minutes on a leash. But what do you feel? You know, with the leash lock rule and, and a few of the other changes that we've made here in the last year or two, you think it's a positive for the dogs and the handlers or negative? Well. I'll say this, and of course, um, our state president, Josh Howard, and I, we had this conversation. I was for leaving things the way that it was, and it's primarily because the way that our country is. Mm -hmm. um, we're cut up now. We don't have as big of places as what we used to have, and I've got a man that can go over and score his tree and walk a minute and cut somewhere where I really don't need to be. Um, so I just felt like that, that was, it was worse for us. 
um, now after hunting in some of these, it's worse for me. Um, and, and I kind of feel like that we're making some changes in some of these rules that someone has already dealt with and been through before and they were set up for a, a way that, um, that was to accommodate the hunter better. Um, so, uh, um, our, our rule that we've got that we've got now, it hurts a dog like us more than it helps us now. Yeah. Um, I, I really feel that. I think it was a, and I've heard a bunch of people that this lease lock's terrible. I don't like it. You know, it, it's stupid not to give a dog a chance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of them changed their mind in the first couple of months that rule was implemented. Seven miles in my first early round. Yes, sir. And there isn't very often that I get lease lock. And they're in. It's not a common occurrence, and we we walk a lot. Whenever sure. there's no, there was there was no, a leash lock. Absolutely. Road. I mean, you've walked a lot of yep. miles. But yes, I was at uh, the Pro Classic in uh, Texas here just mm -hmm. recently. There at the Lone Star, and I'm a something sent. Uh, Dual Murphy was in the cast with Melvin, and Melvin's treated coon. I have treated coon, and Gracie has treated coon, and everything's treated in. And Melvin gets treed again. And right as I right as right before I got treed, when could have leash locked Melvin if the rule's still involved, uh, he got to turn Melvin loose. As soon as he turned Melvin loose, you could hear scent. I tree her. Uh, Melvin wheels around, bang, gets treed again. I mean, just like that. And so I've got time to get the scent, score her coon, get her turned loose again. Preston Bowles was the judge of that cast, and Gracie is treed again too, and she's 100 miles away maybe 110. Mm. I mean, this dog is forever away. I know more than cut scent. She goes 200, 300 yards. She gets treated again. And I am I can go back to scent and wait. Duel's still sitting up there. He hasn't walked to the last two trees. He's still sitting up there with Melvin, and Preston is just beside himself. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, at that point, because, you know, I'm a non-hunting judge every now and then, too, and it's rough. That is a yes, lot of walking. It is. And if that hadn't been the case, we could have scored them dogs out of order. We could have went two cent, two Melvin, and Gracie's back all the way on the other side of the truck. It wouldn't have been. I mean, it probably cost him two miles. I'm certain. You know, at the yes. end of the cast. Yes. So there's there's wins and there's losses, but don't get me wrong. At that point, when I would have been leash locked, <laughs> and I've got a chance to turn that dog loose for, like, for yes. eight grand, I'm like, boy, I'm glad they changed that rule. <laughs> right. But right. if I'm judging that cast, I'd have been like, this bleeping, bleeping, stupid <laughs> yes. rule. I can't believe I ever voted for it. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, it's so hard to get judges now, you yeah. know, um, and I know that we've lost a few that it, it was tough to lose because of this. So I don't know. It's something that uh, we definitely get, need to get the I wonder, board together I and wonder visit if, about. I wonder if one thing that we couldn't do is implement a leash lock for the senior cast and the youth cast. Mm. You know, at least yes. get, at least get, because, you know, there's senior cast at the Lone Star, there's senior cast at the World Hunt and stuff, and some of these older gentlemen that have been doing this for so long, they don't need to walk to every no. tree, especially in a in with in a judge in a cast with a hunting judge. That's right. You know, at least with a non-hunting judge, you can just go sit with your dog and wait for that judge to get there. You know, and he's the only one that's miserable. Yes, that's but, right. But with the hunting judge, everybody's making that trip. Yes, you right. know, at least three of the four cast members are making that trip. That's right. Better one than four. Huh? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And so maybe that's something to consider. Just a thought that just absolutely crossed my mind. But sure, when you guys, you and Cole. Uh, how long have you and Cole been partners on dogs now? Uh, a little over a year. And when that happened, that was like a, you guys teamed up and you had really pretty immediate success. We did. And um, what, what dogs did you guys did you guys partner up with for? Um, pretty well everything. Yeah. You had Hank. Yes, sir. Well, first thing I want to do is I want to talk about old Magic. Old Magic. Gosh, <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, I'd love to turn him loose again. Yeah, I like that dog. I tell you what, I was there the night that he made Platinum Champions. Yes. Yeah. And that dog got in the Final Four that night. And remember, you you was mad uh, you never dreamed he'd get in. I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> tell us about that cast, Joe. I want to hear about Because, first of all, let's tell us about Magic. How long did you have Magic? Give me the give me the backstory on that dog. So, um, I got Magic when he was 17 months old. Um, and... Uh, Already a little coon trier, but uh, man, I'll tell you, I had him, uh, uh, he was nearly 14 when he died, and I put him down um, a year ago last month. Um, man, he was one of those once-in-a-lifetimes. Uh, cut him loose. He was absolutely going to do whatever it took to tree a coon as fast as he could. 
Um, was he like that, you know, early? Did he start early? He... He, no, he really didn't. I'm going to tell you, um, uh, he started when he was about nine or ten months old, treated his first coon, and then from that point on, just got better and better and better and better. Um, he was the youngest UKC dual grand ever. Um, that's since then been surpassed. But, yeah. Um, but uh, treat any type of coon. Work a bad track up. If coons weren't moving, he'd treat a layup. Um, just uh, ha had a lot of ability. If you put him in a coon training contest, he could handle that too. How many casts do you think Magic won? You know, I don't know. I've really, I, I thought, and I'm, when, while you brought that up, I'm going to go talk to R.D. here in a little bit, and I'm going to get him to look it up at some yeah. point for me. Um, I got a stack of wind slips to choke a horse, though. Yeah, because people don't understand now. You know, I made rain platinum champion last year, and it wasn't that many casts. You know, I, the dogs are making gold champion in, in one hunt. Tonight, you know, you can bring a dog in here that's never been in a cast, and all of a sudden it's in the top 50. Boom. <laughs> that's right. You know, it wins a few casts here tonight, and it's in the top 20, 30, 40 dogs ever. You know, back then, the biggest hunts that we had were our $1,000 pro showcase. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's that's all he did. So he kind of did the hard way. Man, them $30 hunts, my gosh, we won a ton of them. Yeah, and you talk about that showcase. That was kind of the first big entry hunt down it at was. Lone Star. And I remember when I first started going down there with Jed eight or nine years ago, and I told him, I said, you pay, because I didn't know anything about the showcase. Right. You know, I'm green as a gourd. Duds is a young dog. I'm just going to go down there. I had a dollar then, too. You know, I'm just going to go down there and have some fun. I'd never hunted in Texas. And Jed goes, well, Saturday night I hunt the showcase. Mm -hmm. So what's that? He goes, well, it's a $1,000 entry. And he, he just says it like it's no big deal. Yeah. I'm like, thousand bucks. I was, yeah. man, I got to pay 55 <laughs> instead of 50 down here. I said, gee whiz. But, yeah, that was kind of the first, you know, big kind yes. of pro classic style hunt, you know, that they had That's every right. year. And yep. you, you were in it. Yeah, sure. And I, I wish I kind of wish it was still the same deal. It was just it had I so did, much prestige. It, it really did. It really did. Um, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, and and drew good numbers, man, from the get go. And then when we stepped out, even with that one, and had a second one, you know, mm -hmm. they just filled up so fast. Yeah, everybody loved them. I mean, it yes. was just it was the best spots. It That's was the right. best guides. It was the best judges, and it was mm -hmm. the best dogs. And man, I tell you what, there were some good ones in there. Yes, those. there were in the early days of that thousand mm -hmm. dollar pro showcase. There were some good dogs in there. That was tough to win. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you and Cole, you, you partner up. You you guys got some dogs. You get you go together on everything. And I want to talk about what you're hunting here now first of all i want to we're going to get to the world hunt and stuff like that but what are you seeing out of goose and dom and and these dogs that you guys are packing around now that you like so much man i'm going to tell you they have so much ability um they move around absolutely the very best both those dogs and of course they're um they're man to their own respect um they're they're two totally different types of dogs but Man, they've just got a lot of desire and a lot of heart. Um, and dogs that you hunt night in and night out that give you 110 every time you crack that snap, that's what we've got to have, and um, and they do that. They, which they which that one's better, Joe? Come on. Man, I can't tell you that. <laughs> I like them both. It's like I do. picking I like between your both. son and your daughter. It is. It? it really is. Uh, uh, but but I do. I like them both. You know, they're they're both two different styles, style of hounds. Um, How so? Um, Dom is, uh, he moves so fast. That dog has a knack for going to find where a coon's at. It's just, it's amazing how he can do it and how quick he can do it. Um, uh, Goose is looking more for our style of coon. Um, uh, but when they're not down, you know, he'll pick his head up and treat those that that have been asleep for a while. Yeah, does Dom kind of, he, he kind of need a track more than, than Goose does? No, or, you yeah. know, as it, he's getting older and maturing more, um, he, uh, he needs it less and less. Yeah. Southern Hound Honey Magazine is the most comprehensive magazine that represents your lifestyle as a houndsman. If you can hunt it with a hound, it is being covered in the pages of Southern Hound Honey Magazine. You also get an in-depth look at the men and women who are engaged in this lifestyle, living it every day to the fullest. 
from the Rocky Mountains to the Southern Swamps and across the ocean with articles about our international houndsmen and what they're chasing across the pond. Go to southernhoundhunting.com, get your subscription for $15 a year. Southern Hound Hunting Magazine, promoting the fair chase experience. I've seen dogs like that that have that ability in them, but they want to move so fast that they that's don't worry right. about those cones. Yes, that's exactly and, right. You know, you see them, Venus is a good, I've seen oh Ve- I've gosh. seen Venus put her nose to the ground and grab a coon up and tree it. I've seen her in sure. the tree lay me it. Sure, me too. She don't do it very often. Right. But she right. gets it more and more. It seems like every year as she gets some age on tour, you know, when she's yes. learning that it's not, she don't have to be eight miles away. That's you know, right. Tree coon. I hope Spice Girl picks it up one of these Oh, days. my gosh. Well, that'd be nice, <laughs> that wouldn't would be it? Nice. Oh, I'll tell you what. She is. Oh, she's a hard goer. She's, I'll tell you what. Spice got her coons, though. Yes, yeah, she them will have them. do that have their coons. Yes, they sure do. Do you think with the leash lock uh, coming up, a dog like, like Spice and, and like Venus can do and stuff are going to be less prevalent, you no. know, in years to come? Well, yes, maybe in years to come, yes. Yeah. I do. I don't. Th- I don't see Venus or Spice. You know, all of a sudden quitting winning just no, because of no, no leash. No, no, that's I right. Mean, them dogs that's are right. going to win no matter where you no take matter them, what, what they do. Yes. But do you think we're going to try to? Because what I've noticed is we're really good at getting dogs to fit whatever rules we're trying to win with. It's what we're supposed to do. Yes. That's part of our job. And I think you know, with no leash lock, these dogs that that kind of hunt closer, and will work an older track and and try to keep tree coons as they come to them more often, or may be more prevalent in years to come. Yes. Yes, I agree. So you guys started hunting, and you started campaigning Dom. And I think Dom, you kind of broke him out before you did Goose. We, we did. You know, of course, he's older. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's got 18 months on Goose. Yeah. Um, and, but he's really just in the last six or seven months matured a lot. Yeah. Um, just got a lot of confidence in him. And Goose came in late, uh, frankly, to be honest, up until the world hunt. I mean, I'd seen you you were hunting goose and some hunts here and mm-hmm. there, but you guys weren't getting crazy with him or nothing no. like that. And then he just goes through that world hunt and cuts through it like a knife through hot or a hot knife through butter. I mean, just <laughs> one of the the more impressive runs yes. we've seen at the world hunt. So just tell me about it. I don't. We'll get to the final cast, but I mean, as far as just getting the dog ready and getting him into the, at the world hunt, because it's a different world in Salem, Illinois, than mm-hmm. it is Texas. No Especially doubt. that time of year. You guys are still pretty warm down yes. there. You know, you're trying to get dogs ready for a hunt in the north. How'd it go? How'd you guys go about it? So, <clears throat> up to that point, both dogs had just been looking fantastic. Um, but we tried to keep them happy. Mm-hmm. We didn't burn them out. That's one thing that the both of us have really consciously made the decision not to just pound on them. We wanted mm-hmm. them pretty fresh um uh and and feeling good and that was one of the main things we kept both those dogs just very very fresh and uh uh but but had been looking great up to that point very good did uh you have kind of you know you said they were both looking good did you have kind of a feeling that goose may do a little better than dom or dom may do a little better than goose coming in no not really um you know i would say strictly because of his age we felt like Dom was probably our best chance to yeah. get in. We did. And, and I, I kept him from getting in. I mean, it's yeah. totally my fault. Yeah. Well, that's happened to all of us, <laughs> you know, just as well as I do, Joe. But we look at this year's World Hunt, and I talked to you about this when we was down at the Lone Star. Uh, it was tough. Mm-hmm. I told Jed when we left, I said, Jed, this is the best chance. And we're, I'm, I'm specifically talking about rain because that's the one I was handling sure. and I'd been hunting. Had a great year with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, we'd been winning, and mm-hmm. she was sharper going into the world hunt than I had ever seen her. I mean, this dog was as right, and I couldn't win a cast. Mm. I couldn't buy a cast. I couldn't do nothing. And uh, Scent ended up, which Scent was looking good going into it too, and Scent ended up making a pretty good run, but it was tough yeah. out there. Yes, it was. I drew good dogs every night. Me too. I mean, they were just, it was one of the toughest world hunt. It was probably the toughest world hunt I'd ever attended. Mm-hmm. And so to see what you guys did out there was even that much more impressive. But what happened, first of all, I want to tell you how you, how, I wanted you to tell us how you screwed Dom out of getting in first. <laughs> well, so I'll relive this every couple of days, really kick myself <laughs> for it. Um, we cut loose, got the dog struck. 
and had a female that sounded a little bit like him mm -hmm. locating. Boy, and she rolled up in there, and I booked him in a hurry. Oh, he's about 100 yards down. So I took me 100 minus right there, and he treated another coon right there. He ended up treating another coon in the cast, but I still got beat. Yeah. My old buddy Bill Stokes got me with yeah. no money by a quarter. Yeah. Hate to take those. I hate it for the dog. You yeah, know? I do too. That, that's, that's my big deal. Uh, um, but I do. I kick myself about that. But we're going to redeem ourselves this year. There you go. Yes. There you go. I know uh, Chuck Wells, if he's listening to this, I don't know if he is or not, but he's got a really good dog out of uh, Big Money. It's either out of Big Money or Little Money. I can't remember. But uh, the year before, when we got rain in the top 27, mm -hmm. 6 or something like that, we made a pretty good run. And I'm in the early round on Thursday night. We didn't get her until Thursday. And we'd lost a couple late rounds, and we just caught some bad breaks and stuff. And we cut loose, and he's got a dog sounds a lot like rain. I mean, a lot like rain. And these are all pretty quiet dogs. We're two minutes, three minutes into this cast, and nothing's ever said a word. And I'm thinking, you know, come on, rain, open your eyes. If I'm ever going to get a chance to get yes. struck for a hunter, this exactly. would be it, you yes. know. And a great big ball mouth dog opens in there right where I know rain's at, and I strike her. And Chuck looks at me. Don't say anything. He says, rain for a hunter. This dog barks again. I'm thinking, hmm, well, that's kind of different. And it barks again, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> that ain't rain. Chuck never says anything. He strikes for 75. Now, if Chuck had turned around and looked at me and said, hey, that's me. That's all me. You know, you're minus 100. Uh, you got it. You know, sure. it's a bad break or nothing. Well, he don't say nothing. This goes on. I treat two coons. He treats two coons. I beat him by a quarter. And so when we're talking about breaks and handler moves and things like that a good handler is great but every now and then it's just nice to get lucky it and is i got lucky i mean he's his dog done everything it should do to win and so did mine but him not pumping me out of the truck trying to be a nice guy because he knew i seen him look at me and he knew right. and i don't know if he thought i would complain or nothing or, or chuck didn't know me well or what <laughs> but i mean i'd have, to, I'd have ate my minus if he'd have gave it to me sure and, you know here we are we get her in late. She wins Friday early. She's hunting Friday late, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, we get paid a little bit and he goes home. Right. I mean, it's a fine line out there. Mm -hmm. And so talking back to your world hunt, you guys didn't get Dom in. No. Did you hunt him every night? Did no. You... Um, we hunted him uh, uh, two nights and then yeah. Cole had an obligation had to get back. Right. And so you get Goose in on what night? Monday, first uh, night. That's right. And what did Goose do early and late? Um... He treated a coon early. Of course, we had those storms come in. Yeah. Um, had a lot of rain. Uh, uh, got a coon treat early for 75 and 100, and that was all it took yeah. early round. Um, late round, of course, I had Mark and Oreo. Um, Oreo had some good success this yeah. year and a nice dog. Um, and it really wasn't looking good for me that round. Um, I'd treat a coon, and um, uh, it kind of come down to the wire. Oreo has been leading the cast the whole way, and she's treated over behind the house. So um, Kenny Tresh had sent Micah to go handle Oreo, and we went back and scored the Lucille female. And as we were going to Lucille, Goose gets treated again. So if Lucille's got a coon, I can't even mm -hmm. beat her. But I went ahead and, and treat Goose, go to Lucille, she's got a den. And... Um, so uh, Kenny had sent me on to go handle Goose. I went and got him handled. Uh, he gets there, find Goose's coon, puts me in the lead. So we still had to go score Oreo. Get over an Oreo, of course, tree behind that house. Man, a big acorn tree. Yeah. Never found one. Just no kid. Took a, you know, that that's one of the breaks. Too, no, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Late round, you got to count on every dog having a coon. That's right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, we got the rest all week, and... I think that really helped him. Do you? Because um, I was wondering. I, I know I've seen dogs that get in. Wiz is a fine example, getting in the second super stakes and didn't yes. get in. Hunted late rounds and got in Thursday night late. You know, right? Uh, scent and rain. The last two years were the same situation. We didn't get them in until Thursday, and they ended up advancing. You know, quite a ways. But I wonder is there's a fine line between stale and rested. No doubt. And there's a fine line between wore out and and ready to go. So, but you thought that the rest was good for him. I, I really do. Um, uh, of course, I, I thought about a few nights taking him and just making a drop with mm -hmm. him, but man, he just uh, he likes tree and coons. Yeah, he he really does. And so uh, we just we sat on him and um, let him pester me in the room all week. Yeah. Did uh, how'd your Friday night cast go? 
man, I'm gonna tell you, that's where I got my break. Yeah. Um, I um, I draw uh, <clears throat> orange. That's and, a good dog. Man, a very good dog. That's a good dog. And uh, Casey's my buddy. You know, yeah. I, I just I like him a whole lot. So storming, I mean, it was coming down pretty bad. We get out there and we get cut loose, and man, I get struck for a hundred under the minute. I'm trailing left-handed. All the dogs get struck, and they're falling in the country. And just a few minutes, I come tree, um, go in. I've got a can. Gives me two hundred off the bat. Um, and we went and scored a, a the English dog of Matlocks, and mm -hmm. he had a a circle tree. And we fall in to go score orange, and he's in a brush pile. Um, get him up, get him out of that brush pile. Don't find a can there, but get him out of that brush pile. Get him sent. And uh, the gypsy female was treating. Go with her, and she's uh, it's on the persimmon. Um, and uh, get her pulled off of there. And uh, I guess uh, that time Orange had got struck again, mm -hmm. kind of beaten through there. And Orange comes treating. Go in, and he's got a cane. We get pulled off there and have to walk back to where we last heard the uh, the English dog at. And of course, I'm through the country. The other side of where we turned loose yeah. at and uh, uh we get back over there close and we have 25 seconds left and orange comes street rain had stopped cleared off got good and still and i mean i don't know it's well over a mile and um comes street and i thought man there it is yeah uh done i bet casey was thinking the same thing too. i know he was yeah. i mean you know he knows what type of dog he hunts and yeah. so do i i mean everyone does yeah. so um Anyway, we get over there, Orange Street, in a cut cornfield right on the edge. And I thought, yeah, this won't be long. I put that thermal up there, find the coon just like that. Tell the judge, tell Casey. We never made that coon look during the whole time. Really? Never could see his body. Yeah. But never made him look. I bet Casey was sick. He was sick. And, yeah. I mean, I, I was sick for him. Yeah. I, I really was. Uh, um, the dog treed two coons. He deserved to win it, in my yeah. opinion. But, um Rules of the rules. Right. That's right. So you went on to, that was early round Friday night? Yes, sir. And then you went on the late round Friday night. Who did you draw on that? I drew uh, Sale. Yeah. Um, I had um, uh, Colton Ingram in deep. Yep. And um, had uh, Jeremy Hooch in Cracker. How'd that cast go? Man, it went good. We treated a lot of coons. Um, mm -hmm. Had a good time. Actually, we were at the place that we hunted the finals at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get struck for a quarter. I think sell uh, strikes for a hundred, um, cracker for seventy-five, deep for fifty. I get struck for a quarter. Deep gets treed first. We're going to him, and then sell gets treed right beside us. Um, and mine's trailing right in there around where deep is. Um, right before we get to deep, mine comes treed in there. Just, I, I didn't know that he didn't go cover. Yeah. Um, but we'll get in there. Of course, I have to wait my time there, but they're 15 foot apart mm -hmm. on trees that don't touch. Each one of them had a cone. So Cracker had gotten treed during that time. Of course, that was for the no leash lock um, rule came into effect. So we were leading back to uh, Cell. Well, Cell had left and, um, and took a minus. So we got the cut. Went to score Cracker, and Cracker had a persimmon. And um, we got him pulled off and cut, and Goose gets treated again. Um, gives me another coon. Um, then Cracker gets treated again and has a coon. Sells treed across the way. We go score him. He's got a big circle tree. So Sean withdraws at that time, and um, I'm treated again. Don't want to, yeah. Um, and uh, ended up not having to, um, uh, but but had another coon. Yeah. Did I need it? Um, uh, I mean, of course, going to Saturday, I draw one of the best. Um, you know, um, rain and uh, I, mean, I just I really felt like out of the dogs there, that was the one I wanted to stay away from. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, uh, for bo both accounts, uh, the dog and the handler both, you yeah. know, uh, been there before. And, yeah. and um, uh, of course, you know, they, they're going to hunt some quality dogs. Yep. Um, and uh, 
we uh we cut our dogs loose and uh i get struck for 100 and he strikes for 75 and they piddle around there and let the six catch them no kidding yes I mean, I I would have never imagined yeah. it. Um, uh, those two dogs, especially. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, after the six catches us, I get uh, struck a little deeper, back for a hundred, and uh, he works in there and gets treed. Um, Brain was struck for seventy five, and on our way there, he really didn't want to tree her, mm-hmm. but he said he didn't think she's going anywhere. But trees her. We go in. I got a coon, and. Uh, I get recut. We go to rain. We look there, finally find our cane. And um, I'm treed across the way. And I figure where he's at, um, he, he went across a cut mm-hmm. cornfield. I figure he's he's got a cane. So we cut rain, and then I tree. Rain walked with us the whole way. Really? What I should have done is waited just a little yep. bit. She's wore out. I yep. mean, you know, she had a tough week. And, yep. um, boy, she was just walking around gimpy. And, uh, anyway, get in, and I've got a coon on. Right as we get to him, she falls treed right-handed. And I said, well, she, she's treated another one mm-hmm. right here. She had a den. And, um, anyway, so it, what happened that I didn't want to happen, I didn't want that strike open back yep. up. And, um Anyway, but it got opened back Everybody up. Everybody else did, didn't it? Yes. Oh, oh, yes. You can bet on that. Um, <clears throat> so uh, uh, anyway, and we we recut, and um, Rain gets struck for a hundred, and uh, I get struck for seventy five. Rain just falls tree. And I thought, well, I better get something going, you know. Yeah. Um, go in, got a big den again, and um, get pulled off there. And I think we have like seventeen minutes left, and Mine's in a cornfield. Yeah. Doing his best, but yeah. he's wallowing around in a cornfield. And, the people uh, talk about all oh, them cornfield races and all that's great. And coming from corn country, we hate cornfields. Oh, gosh. I hate them. It's terrible. I don't want to beat around in no, a cornfield and try no. to push no coon out of it. Nor do I want to walk in them either. Right. Until they get cut. Now, yeah. Once I get cut, then yeah. I'm good with um, But uh, we, we get rain cut back loose. She gets struck back in for a quarter and gets treed. Mm-hmm. And um, we get in, and she's got a coon. But we're like two minutes um, uh, before the hunt's up, yep. and um, that, that's how they end up going. I mean, of course, we're both tied with three and a quarter, you know, yep. but I'm on tiebreaker. But um, man, I'm gonna tell you one thing. I do want to say we had great cast all week. Yep, I didn't do that week. Man, we just uh, hunted with good dogs. The sportsmanship was great. Hunting was good everywhere I went. Tell sure me, was. tell me about the finals. That's the oh man. What are you feeling going into the finals? Because we. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a professional handler or anything like that. I, I I win a little bit here and there, and I get lucky. But everybody, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're a ten year old kid or a sixty year old man. It's never been. Everybody wants to win the PKC World Hunt. This hunt's going to be great. Sure, a hundred thousand dollars is great. Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody wants that too. But if you, if I had my choice, believe it or not, I'd want to win the PKC World Hunt before I would something like this. Right. I well, mean, and. and talking about that for a minute of course i was a little bit worried about the prestige going away yeah. some you know when you have a hunt of this magnitude but um i, I feel the same way yeah. I, I of course the money would be great but um but i would rather win the pkc world what are you feeling that. going into that cast are you nervous you feel pretty good or? <clears throat> i i kind of went out on a limb but i told cole earlier that if we got to that final cast we'd win it yeah. I, I just felt that good about it and um uh of course you know, I, I don't, I don't really get nervous, but how's a man not be nervous exactly. in that situation? Um, so, uh, uh, that, that, there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of nerve, uh, didn't want to make the wrong move, mm-hmm. needed to make the right one. So, um, but everything just worked out so good. It just, uh, couldn't have been better. I bet, I bet you're the only person for the last hour of the PKC World Hunt that was on cruise control. <laughs> yes, yes. Man, that was nice, I bet too. that was a wonderful oh, feeling. Oh, gosh. So, and while we were sitting around waiting on weed to get in, I knew that where we were going. Yeah. And that was the first day that it had gotten cold, and I felt like that was going to play into my hand. I felt like those coons would be sitting up. Yeah. And it just it worked out. Tell me about the <laughs> tell me about the final cast. So <clears throat> we we get the dogs cut. Um, we get struck for a hundred, 
Um, I, I take 75. And uh, Goose is not on the ground just two or three minutes. Comes treed. I get him treed. We're walking to him, and uh, Jack gets struck in. So we get in, I get Goose handled. They find the coon immediately. Um, I get him out and get him cut, and Casey trees Jack just right close to where Goose was. So I cut back in toward where Marv was, uh, and um, Casey had, had, had treed Jack. We were going in to score that tree, and he just moved over. Mm -hmm. Just moved over a, a tree. So Brad minus him. Uh, we step back out. I get goose struck during that time. And uh, Casey retrees. Our time's kind of getting down a little bit on his tree. And um, uh, we and I are treated at that time. We uh, we go in there and score Casey. Got a coon. Pull out of there. Weed trees. And while we were walking Casey's minute, I treat. And... Uh, Get in there, and we're about, I don't know, 60, 70 yards apart. Each one of us got a coon. Did you uh, consider waiting until Casey turned loose to tree? I really did. Yeah, keep um, the strike from opening I, back I, up. I, I, I did, you know, and that, that kind of went over in my mind quite a bit, but um, I was struck good Yeah. Um, in the beginning, and I, I, I just felt good about it. Yeah. Um, so uh, we pull off of that, walk our minute, get cut and it's quiet for i don't know five or six minutes we're just kind of talking there and bsing and um goose gets struck and it's not i don't know a minute till he rolls up i didn't have any pressure on me i let him settle yeah. I, I let him run the stationary on me for about three minutes and yeah. then got him treed and uh we're walking in there and jack gets struck and uh Get in there and get him handled. Got another coon. At that point, you know, something bad would have to happen. Yeah. But we know in those situations that it can. It can. But you're yes. feeling you're feeling pretty good. I'm feeling though. really good. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't feel good? Right. You know. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, we we pull up, pull him off of there and get him recut and um, Jack Street. And Goose goes in there, and um, he, he kind of trails around him a little bit, but he goes in there and backs him. After the five, I just, I'd struck, so my strike was, you know, deleted. Yeah. But um, he had a circle tree. And uh, well, we walked it there. I guess we had about 17 or 18 minutes left and um, cut back into Z. And uh, as soon as we cut, Jack falls treed in front of us and uh, um, ends up having a coon. We get him scored and pulled off, and I got struck back in. and. Get him cut in, but I was treed. Yeah, um, I'd been treed for a couple of minutes, and uh, we uh, Brad wanted to walk a little bit closer to him, and uh, I guess we walked down on four or five hundred yards, and he run the stationary. I mean, I I didn't let him run it down. I just went yeah. on and treed him. At that point, I could have taken it both ways and still been fine with them treeing coons. Yeah, um, and uh, we go in there, and that little sucker has another one. Yeah. I know I watched the play-by-play, -play, and of course, like all the all the great internet coon hunters, I'm on the couch while everybody else is out in the final. But uh, I'm over there watching the play-by-play, -play and it was just, I mean, what these dogs go through, and you mentioned heart, and what these dogs go through out there through the week, you mm -hmm. know, and, and they're traveling. You're, what is it, a 14, 15-hour trip yes, from your house? It you is. know, they're forever away. They're around strange dogs, strange people, strange places. Yep. They're getting turned loose with smells that they're not used to and things that they're not That's used right. to. And it's so hard on them. We've seen how many final casts where the dogs look common. Mm -hmm. But people don't understand how hard it was for them dogs to get to that final cast, you know. That's right. We're not just turning them loose behind the house, you know, where they're, no. where they're used to treating coons and letting them do work. So to see Goose go through that cast like he did and tree all those coons was even more impressive to the people that have done it and been around it, you know, sure. than I think from people looking from the outside. Right, right. Well, you know, in the course, I, I told several other people this. That's how a championship is supposed to be, not just coon hunting, but but anything that you do yep. that's how once it's supposed to be dominant you're supposed to have one that's far superior yep we don't want to get out handled you know um uh in any way we we want the best dog to win yeah and it definitely happened last wow. year with you i'll tell you what it it is man it's a blessing yep. it really was 
Well, Joe, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Uh, congratulations on all your success this year. And you guys really, you've been rolling coming into Thank this you. hunt too. So I'm happy yes, for you guys. You and Cole are good friends of mine. So I can't be more happy for for you. Uh, thanks for sitting down with me. Uh, thanks for sharing your experience in, in the world hunt and then everything else too. And, and good luck tonight. Thanks, Josh. All right. This is Josh Michaelis with the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. And this is the truth. Thanks for listening. Hey, I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Joe Manning. Josh does a great job of bringing the biggest names in our sports and how much bigger can you get than a PKC world champion. Great job, Josh. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Before we wrap this up, I wanted to let you all in on a product that you should be using if you are looking for that edge in the late rounds. If you're looking to enhance your dog's performance in these competition hunts, Hauling dogs up and down the road is hard on them. It's hard to keep dogs hydrated. Our friends at Dogs Are Treed has a solution for you. Go to dogsartreed.com and find the product Dogs Are Hydrated. It's scientifically based. It is being proven in the sled dog world to enhance performance, and big game hunters have been using it with awesome results. Check out Dogs Are Treed at dogsartreed.com. They've got premium leashes, tie-outs, all the things that you need to keep your hound rolling. Use the product code HXP20% off at checkout and you'll get 20% off of your entire order. That's courtesy of Houndsman XP because we appreciate you. We appreciate you tuning in. See you next week on The Truth.